0: Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living, A Course in Miracles. This is season five, and it's called The Book Club. We're on chapter 23, Continued. Welcome back. I have messed up. (laughs) I will only give myself this one defense, and that is that my online book club, weekly book club, is roughly in the exact same place as this podcast. So I've mixed up the two. So I'm going to launch two sections this week. I'm finishing up chapter 23 in this podcast, and I've already started and launched 24, and it's been already uploaded as well. So there'll be two that you can um, listen to this week, and that is chapter 23, the last two sections, and chapter 24, which I started. So I didn't want to leave these two missing pieces out, and felt it was really important that I went back and made sure I added them in. So today I'll complete chapter 23, the war against yourself, covering salvation without compromise and above the battleground. So let's begin. Salvation without compromise is on 495, page 495, and it begins like this, paragraph 1. Is it not true you do not recognize some of the forms of attack some of the forms attack can take? If it is true, attack in any form will hurt you and will do so just as much as in another form that you do recognize, then it must follow that you do not always recognize the source of pain. Attack in any form is equally destructive. Its purpose does not change. Its sole intent is murder, and that would form and what form of murder serves to cover the massive guilt and frantic fear of punishment the murderer must feel? Paragraph two. Is, is death in any form, however lovely and charitable it may seem to be, a blessing and a sign the voice of God speaks through you to your brother? The wrapping does not make the gift you give. An empty box, however beautiful and gently given, still contains nothing. And neither the receiver nor the giver is long deceived without withhold forgiveness from your brother and you attack him. You give him nothing and receive of him, but what you gave. Paragraph three says, salvation is no compromise of any kind. To compromise is to accept, but part of what you want to take a little and give up the rest. Salvation gives up nothing. It is complete for everyone. Let the idea of compromise but enter and the awareness of salvation's purpose is lost because it is not recognized. It is denied where compromise has been accepted for compromise is the belief salvation is impossible. It would maintain you can attack a little, you can love a little and know the difference. Thus, it would teach a little of the same can still be different, and yet the same remain intact as one. Does that make sense? Can it be understood? Paragraph four says, this course is easy just because it makes no compromise, yet it seems difficult to those who still believe that compromise is possible. They do not see that if it is, salvation is attack, yet it is certain the belief that salvation is impossible cannot Uphold a quiet, calm assurance. It has come. Forgiveness cannot be withheld a little, nor is it possible to attack for this and love for that. And next page, and understand forgiveness. So I'm going to stop here for a second. So that's really important. It's that whole concept that we can give a little bit of something. Like I can forget, I can forget that. A li- I can forget that, but I can't forget this that you did. Right? You can't. You can't withhold. You have to forgive everything. It's everything. We made a joke in in our online book club. It's like saying, I'm a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit pregnant, right? We know that. You know, you can't be a little bit of anything. You have to give it wholly 100% up or hold on to it 100%. Uh, paragraph five says, those who believe that peace can be defended, that attack is justified on its behalf, cannot perceive it lies within them. How could they know? Could they accept forgiveness side by side with the belief that murder takes some forms by which their peace is saved? Would they be willing to accept the fact that their savage purpose is directed against themselves? So really important and good point to make here is that all of this, even partial stuff, this partial forgiveness, you're still hanging on to the hurt. Buddha said, anger is like eating poison and expecting the other person to die, right? You can't hold on to anything. You have to let it all go. It's a whole piece. And paragraph six, which is the last part, says mistake not truce for peace. Can't call it truce. You got to say it's over. We're done. Nor compromise for the escape from conflict. To be released from conflict means that it is over. The door is open. You have left the battleground. You have not lingered there in cowering hope that it will not return because the guns are still an instant, stilled an instant, and the fear that haunts the place of death is not apparent. There is no safety in a battleground. You can look down on it in safety from above and not be touched but from within it can you can find no safety not one tree left still standing will shelter you not one illusion of protection stands against the faith in murder here stands the body torn between the natural desire to communicate and the unnatural intent to murder and to die think you the form that murder takes can offer safety? Can guilt be absent from a battleground? So that is called the salvation without compromise. So interesting, we talked about compromise in my book club, because part of one of the things I teach too is conflict resolution. And I always say, in conflict resolution, they talk about compromise as having a win-win scenario, right? You know, everybody, both two people give up a little bit of something, but they both walk away with a little bit of something. And I argue every time that that is not a win win. That is a lose lose. Nobody's winning. And see, that's what we've done. We've made, we've defined winning as, well, I got a little bit, so I won. No, you didn't win. The only form of conflict resolution that is win win is when we come together and we sit down. And we talk it out and we work it out and we forgive and we let it go. And we both leave feeling that peace and feel feeling that 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 we both walked away with something and nothing's lingering. And not we lost any little piece of it, right? It's called collaboration is what it's called in conflict resolution. We collaborated, we came together, both giving a piece of ourselves, both saying what we want to say and then leaving feeling whole, right? Feeling that we took away, I took away his piece, he took away my piece, we shared, and then we you know, we came back whole. and that's what we want. So above the battleground, which is on page 496 of my book, starts like this: Do not remain in conflict for there is is, no war without attack. The fear of God is fear of life and not of death. Yet he remains the only place of safety. In him is no attack and no illusion in any form stalks heaven. Heaven is wholly, not H O L Y, but whole, wholly true. No difference enters and what is all the same cannot conflict. You are not asked to fight against your wish to murder. But you are asked to realize the form it takes conceals the same intent. And it is this you fear and not the form. What is not love is murder and what is not loving must be attack. Every illusion is an assault on truth and everyone does violence to the idea of love because, next page, it seems to be of equal truth. Paragraph two sentence four says, so will they be to those who see God's son as a body, for it is not the body that is like the son's creator. So our body is not like God. God didn't create a body. That's another confusing thing is people think that God created our bodies. No, he didn't. Nowhere did it say that. Nowhere is written that it said God created our body. And if that is written, that man wrote that, not God. That was not, Christ never brought that message. God never brought that message. Christ brought the message that we are eternal beings, that bodies didn't matter. Reason why the crucifixion wasn't a big deal for him. It was the resurrection he wanted us to get the message about, not the crucifixion. Bodies don't matter. We were not created. We are spirits. Uh, the creation that God made us was placed into these bodies, these avatars, these forms in which we navigate this world, but it, it, they're organic. They're of this world. They're not of God. So we need to not confuse ourselves with that. And what is lifeless cannot be the son of life. How can a body be extended to hold the universe? Can it create and be what it creates? And can it offer its creations all that it is and never suffer loss? See, perfect example of how God did not create bodies. He created what we are, the spiritual essence and energy and light that we are, not our bodies. And I'm going to jump down to paragraph four, sentence, what is sentence Is that? Sentence eight, six, sorry. This is, is not your part to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. Paragraph five says, Be lifted up and from a higher place look down upon it. From there will your perspective be quite different. Here in the midst of it, it does not seem real. Here you are chosen to be part of it. Here murder is your choice. Yet from above the choice is miracles instead of murder. And the perspective coming from this choice shows you the battle is not real and easily escaped. Bodies may battle, but the clash of forms is meaningless. And it is over when you realize it never was begun, never had begun. How can a battle be perceived as nothingness when you engage in it? How can the truth of miracles be recognized if murder is your choice? Wow, love this section, hugely big, big message here. And the big message is that you'll get out of the battle when you separate yourself from it. When you you realize it's not real, when you say it's an illusion, and then you look upon it as illusion. It's not you, it's not what you are, it's not what we're made of. It's just part of this world and this world's illusion. That was created, I don't know, I guess is part of our journey to separate what we are from who we've become in this world. Next page, which is page 498, paragraph seven, see no one from the battleground, for there you look on him from nowhere. You have no reference point from where to look, where meaning can be given to what you see. For only bodies could attack and murder, and if this is your purpose, which it's not, then you must be one with them. Only a purpose unifies, and those who share a purpose have a mind as one. The body has no purpose of itself and must be solitary. Solitary. So remember that the body is this vehicle that takes us around here. I mean, we use it, obviously, it's here to, to help us navigate this world, this existence. We have to stop looking at it with meaning and giving it meaning. Look inside yourself. Look within for meaning. That's where you'll find God, because that's where God is. Sentence six says, "From below, it cannot be surmounted. From above, its limit limits exert exerts on those in battle still are gone and not perceived. The body stands." Between the father and heaven, he created for son because it has no purpose. And paragraph eight, which is the last section I'm going to cover, says, Think what is given those who share their father's purpose and who know that it is theirs. They want for nothing. Sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness, and only love shines upon them forever. It is in their past, their present, and their future, always the same, eternally complete, and wholly shared. They know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. Perhaps you think the battleground can offer something you can win. Can it be anything that offers you a perfect calmness? and a sense of love so deep and quiet that no touch of doubt can ever mar your certainty. And that will last forever. I have to tell you, when I read that paragraph, I always think, if I have to try to explain people where I'm at, that's it. If you want to know how I think, read that paragraph, because that's exactly how I see the world. That's exactly how I see myself. And it's exactly how I see you and everybody else is exactly like that. I have love. I have joy. I want for nothing. I have no lack because I understand that what I am is not this body and is not of this world. And I share that message and I chose to be one of God's teachers because I understand that at the very core of my essence. But I'm not special. I'm not any different from any one of you. You are each and every one of you have that exact same power. And you can be exactly what I see and exactly what I feel. And I know that. And that's why I will continue to share this word and continue to share my love, because I know you and I are exactly the same. Amen. On that, I am complete. We are done. And again, I apologize for leaving that wonderful message almost out of this. I almost missed it, but I caught it just in the last moment. This, uh, no, I just have to say, I can be contacted by email at now 3 as you know. And if you have any questions, any comments, or just want to share the love and say hello. Keep sharing the love. And remember, this is our journey. Together is the only way we're going to find the way live in this moment. It's the only one that truly matters. Always love, Denise.